Welcome, folks, to It's Getting Harder Than Remember in the 90s podcast. I am your host, Scott Shifty MacDonald. Hopefully everyone had a lovely holiday season, a good Christmas, a good Kwanzaa, good whatever. I don't care what you do. I don't give a crap. Just be yourself. You do you. Now, today we're doing a mini episode. Mini episodes in and out quick. To end a little bit of housekeeping. But for sure, I'm going to get you in and out as fast as I can. We don't have time to goof around with listening to me prattling on about the past now, do we? Well, you're here, so maybe you do. So this episode's entitled, I Met a Witch in Bowling Green, Ohio. So what do you do once you start a band? You start a band, you find some guys like-mindedly that can play, or at least facsimile of playing, and you start to rehearse, you start to write songs, you then book a show, or you go play wherever you can play, Keep playing, 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 playing. Once you start to get popular, you get tired of where you're at or you're just going to burn things out. Or at least that was my theory back then. So we started to play out of town. So you're in Michigan. I was in Michigan. We're from Detroit. We started to play in different areas around Michigan. And we'd go to the colleges, Ann Arbor, Lansing, Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, all of those. Once you expound on that, you decide, well, you know, we should play other places. You know what? Michigan's right on top of Ohio. Ohio, similar to Michigan, has a bunch of cities, a bunch of schools. Everything's pretty much within state is a couple hours apart. We started to play in Toledo, Toledo, Ohio, at Frankie's and different places. Frankie's was kick-ass. Frankie's was a wonderful little sweaty little dive bar. And I think it was an Italian restaurant or a Mexican restaurant on one side of it. And they'd feed you a little meal or whatever. And then you'd go next door in this tiny stage in in the window packed place if you put a couple hundred people in there it was amazing we went through we played we started to play frankie's started started to get a buzz and then we needed another spot to play so where do you go cleveland well cleveland was like detroit they had their own bands they had their their own scene um we'd squeeze in there and, and play a show at peabody's and all that kind of stuff or pats in the flats and that and we had found through some friends um in a band jericho turnpike and different bands like that there was a town called Bowling Green, Ohio. Bowling Green, Ohio is maybe 35 minutes south of Toledo and an hour and a half from Detroit. So easy enough to get to. And it was a college town and it was a town that was built turn of the century. They industrialized it in, in the Heinz factory and different things from automotive stuff was there. So they built a city uh, and they built an old timey kind of downtown with a bunch of bars and old buildings, storefronts. And it was like the main street, Worcester street. They opened up the Bowling Green state university, Bagusu. It became kind of like uh, its own little redneck version of uh, Ann Arbor. We went down there. I would think, I think it was Al and them or the Jericho Turnpike boys. We, we went, I, I, I remember seeing shows in, in, in Bowling Green before I even played a show in Bowling Green. We'd go see like the forehead stew Go see our friends Jericho Turnpikes, like I said, Jim Morrison and those guys. There was great bands playing, and and, and obviously John Brandon of the, the Laughing Hyenas and all those guys, and the Generals and, and and the Colors and all those bands that played there before us. There was a club named Club Twenty One, and there was a gentleman by the name of Anthony Makes. And thank you, Anthony. You got us all over the place in Ohio. You're great. 
Anthony, great cat, really into it. He was one of those prototypical independent promoters, found a, found a, a club or two somewhere in Toledo, somewhere in Bowling Green, and, and started booking bands. Now, being from Detroit, you go down there, even if you're an opener, you know, you, you want to be the opening act to build up your crowd or, or just get in the door. Anthony had a way of bringing bands down and seeing people with talent like the New Bomb Turks and all these different bands and, and getting us all in there. Now, Anthony was a wonderful dude. I will say this, and I apologize, Anthony, because you're kick-ass. And Anthony went on to be the, the work at St. Andrews as a manager, but then from there went on to be Live Nation's East Coast, New York, East Coast. Had a had a, had a production, I think, had a whatever it was for Live Nation. So, but Anthony, well, in the 90s, there was a fashion uh, trend in Ohio where gentlemen would wear just a vest. It'd be like a suit vest without the suit coat and no shirt. Other than that, Anthony was fantastic. And even if that's a, a fault, then that that's that is what it is. Now we'd gone down there and we'd seen we'd seen the Stew play with Jericho Turnpike, a band from Cleveland. It was just wonderful. Like I said, with Jim Morrison and them playing. Uh, Jim Morrison being the singer, not that Jim Morrison, but Jim Morrison from down there. We got our foot in the door and we started doing shows. Do we go through and? Act like kids still, yes, we're young. Were there crazy times? Yes, there was, uh, it was a college town. So kids are broke. We were broke. It all made sense. I remember one night at this Club 21, I think it was still Club 21, they had a five cent snake bite, which was like a crappy cider beer. Five cent beer night. I spent five bucks. I don't remember that night. We had a band van. We were going to the hotel that was over there, the motel, whatever it was, a quality in and that, and sharing a room with 12 people because friends and family would come down and hang out and see us play. I remember one night in that parking lot, some guy drove by and knocked off the door of our van, the band van, Kenny's van. Ken Tudrick drove home holding on to the van door, window down, doors smashed off. That's not the story today. The story is this. So we had gone through. We were playing a show. We had, had put out a 45, 45 record. Uh, it was two songs. It was grounded and beautiful. And we were selling them at shows. We go through. We do our set. Everyone's getting a buzz. We're all kind of hanging out. I think we're the opener that night. We might have been opening for Kid Rock and, 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 and Uncle Cracker that night, I think. Bob had rhymed tampon with tampon. Tampon or more pussy than a tampon as many times as he could possibly say. He was kind of freestyling it. Yeah, we would go through. We were just all hanging out. So we're, we're, you know, you're mingling, you're talking to people, you're meeting the people that, from the school, or the girls and boys, and everyone that's there, and everyone's hanging out. You, you might be mini thinned up, you know, those little ephedrine white cross is what you buy is trucker speed, and everyone's just having a good time. And we're selling 45s and talking to people, and there was a younger lady, I, uh, very cute, wearing a skirt. This will play into it, chatting us up. She bought a 45, and I remember selling her the 45. She didn't have pockets or a purse or that. I remember her just taking the 45, slipping it in the in the, like the waistband of her underwear and her skirt, like a, I don't know, like some kind of weird pocket that she decided that's where it goes. So we're all having a night, you know. We're thinking, man, we didn't really make that much money tonight. How are we gonna stay somewhere? And she had said, hey, you know, let's hang out. We're all having a good time. Joseph. Uh, Joe Schmo, Joe Proper, um, had an easy way of being fast friends with ladies out there. Not so much in a lecherous way. Or, and they were hitting it off. We were hitting it off. She said, hey, look, I have an apartment above the storefront, two doors down. You guys can park your van. It's still here. Keep keep an eye on your gear. It'll be safe. You guys can come up. We'll, we'll you know, Let's hang out. The bar's going to close here around two. And we took her up on that offer. It was a party. We went upstairs, uh, we got as much beer as we could from the bar and that, or whatever we had gotten, uh, me, uh, 
me playing drums in Big Block. Nick, our singer. Kenny, our guitar player. Joe Schmo, our bass player. Mike Levingston was there. He was our tech. I don't know if Mike Pruitt, our other guitar tech, was with. I think there was another. Uh, it might have been Rob Knotts or somebody or any anybody was with us. So we we're all we're drinking. We're having a good time. Everyone's hanging out. Uh, it was us, the girl. I think she had a friend. We we're all kind of having a good time. At some point, she had said, "Hey, uh, you know, you guys want to smoke a joint?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And she's like, "Anybody got any weed?" And I had someone had some weed. So we said, well, but we don't have any papers. She's like, I, I, I'll roll a joint. I, I know how to do it. She goes back in her bedroom, wherever she goes. Comes back out. We give her the weed. She takes a tampon, the paper wrapper from a tampon, and rolls up a joint. And then lights it up, and then starts to pass it around. Us being juvenile kids, it's, it's just a wrapper of a tampon. It's, you know, means nothing. But to us, we're like, oh, boy. And so we, just, we you know, kind of pass it around like it's a hot potato, and that that's that. We're drinking. We're having a good time. Joe and her, Joe Proper, uh, Mr. Schmo, hit it off. They, you know, like I said, he can be fast friends with almost anybody out there, and he was uh, many a time. Nothing that he wouldn't admit to. And they, they, they had gone off to whatever they're doing, and we're drinking, and we're listening to some jams. And we're, I think we were actually even debating uh, whether Mood Ring by Second Self, the record they put out, was a good record, or which song we liked more, and this and that. We're drinking, and the light goes on. They, they get the, Joe, Joe and the girl, Joe had a proclivity for uh, tubs, for some reason, bathtubs. They're getting rowdy and, and doing what the young folks do and uh, we got we we got ourselves drunk to a point and it's late now so we decide hey it's who's getting the couch who's getting the floor i think me and mike levinson had, had, had drawn the short the short straw and, and hit the floor joe i think at some point within whatever activities these grown-ups were doing consensually had uh slammed her head through the wall of the apartment drywall not so much hurting her killing her or you know, I mean, shockingly, but, and, and then that all could happen. And then Joe himself, like I said, had a proclivity for bathtub sleeping or, or activities, uh, passed out in the tub. We're all laying around, kind of, we're out. It's five in the morning, four, four thirty-five in the morning. Uh, me and Mike are crashed next to each other on the floor, Levinson and me, and the girl comes up. She's weird. She's weird as weird. Just an odd thing going on. A lot of talking to herself about, I don't know why I want them all dead. I'm that kind of, I can talk to you. I will we'll take their soul. And I hear her rifling through the kitchen and it sounds like utensils in that. And the, the apartment between, say, the bathroom and her bedroom had like a tiny dining room kind of area. And it didn't have a table or nothing. It was work. It's college people. There, there was nothing in there, you know. And she sat on the floor and then she went back in the kitchen, had a rifle around, and she came back out with a candle. And then she lit the candle, and she decided that it was time to start pouring a circle. It looked like, because we were kind of laying on the floor, kind of looking over, semi in the dark, kind of the, the moonlight through the window kind of thing, and some ambient light from another room kind of shadowing this this young lady, mumbling to herself that this, that, and I can keep them She takes out the, the, the knife that she had had, again, in, in the waistband of her skirt. Now, that was her pocket, and God bless her, she figured it out. That's her scene, that's her scene. And she took the knife, and she started to kind of run it around. It's a lit candle in a circle, and, and then she said, Oh, Satan, 
please take their souls. I'm on that and then a sacrifice in that. And at that point, I feel a little tap on the shoulder. And I turn my head over from away from the almost car crash craziness that I'm kind of peeking one eye at and trying not to be noticed by her. It's Mike, and he's like, is she casting a spell on us right now? I'm like, I don't know, and I hope not. And she keeps going with the, and if they, Satan can take their souls, and I will I would sacrifice their souls, and my covenant, and all these things. Me and Mike look at each other, and we had a conversation without speaking, without opening more than one eye at each other, kind of heads turned on the floor laying there with, you know, our hoodies or whatever wrapped up as a pillow, and we look, and the conversation was, was, was wordless, and it basically was like, he looked at her, crazy eyes, I look at her, crazy eyes back, we both realize, she's crazy, and or she's a witch. Ah, we met a witch. In their little panic on the floor, Mike says to me, I'll hit her with a chair. You bust out the window and get everybody out of here. And she's still going through casting her spell. God bless her. She's she, far Hey, I'm not taking away anyone's religious beliefs. And she kept going faster and faster in a circle, kind of with that knife stamping on her floor or carpet, just saying, take their souls, take their souls, take their souls. And me and Mike, we had a moment where, like, we're whispering to each other. I'm like, I don't want to get caught by her. Just, just, just be quiet. We'll just lay here. But let's make sure she doesn't kill us. She stops. She goes away. We look at each other and we're like, no, we have two choices here, man. We get up, we get the hell out of here. I'm like, she's still got a knife. He's like, it doesn't matter anymore, man. She just cast a spell on us. We're all going to die anyways. Satan's going to get us. So I'm like, no, no, no. Let's sleep this off. We got a couple hours till daylight. We'll get ourselves out of here. We wake up in the morning. She's passed out. Actually, we don't even really find her. She's kind of put herself in her bedroom, locked it away in that. We look on the floor. There is a pentagram. And a burnt candle burnt down to whatever. Now, luckily, the place didn't burn down. And just kind of carved marks on the, on the on this crappy carpet, carpet that she had. And it didn't look like it was the first time she had done this. So we said, oh, shit, let's get out of here. You know, we're waking everybody up. We're like, they do, man. They do, you know, kind of rehashing it quietly to get the fuck out of there. And we're like, wait, shit, where's Joe? So we go in. And we're looking around. I'm like, I'm not going to this girl's bedroom either. Everyone's like, nah, nah. people are kind of gathering themselves and we're getting out of here. So we decide, well, I'm like, oh, well, I know where he is. I was like, what? I'm like, he's in the bathtub. Joe sleeps in bathtubs. He gets drunk. He fools around. He does whatever he does. He's in the bathtub. Go in there. We wake him up. He's kind of out of it. And he's laughing. He's like, yeah. I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here. Your girl there is a witch. He's like, yeah, she's, she's a bitch. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not being mean about it. I'm like, she's a witch, witch. He's like, oh, yeah, and it doesn't seem to phase Joe. I don't, I don't think Joe cared if a girl was a witch or a, had teeth or did whatever. He, he could have cared less. I'm like, no, no, Joe, we got to go. Come on. It's like, oh, it's early, man. Let's just sleep. We don't have to be done. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And we start to hear her. Everyone's kind of, you know, I'm kind of trying to get us out the door of this apartment, kind of gather our heads. Everyone's kind of not exactly as Bright-eyed and bushy tails as you would be after you've drank as much garbage as you had and smoked garbage weed from a tampon wrapper and stayed up all night. And she's like, I hear her fumbling around and I hear that knife again or something. And it just things like a bottle break. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. We're not getting killed by a witch today. It's just Bowling Green, Ohio's witch is not taking us with her. 
So we escaped the clutches of our newfound Wiccan friend, and we're all kind of yucking it up in that that hangover haze of what the hell, and we're all like, oh, me and Mike are, what the, what the hell, what was going on? And everyone's like, well, what, what, was, what was the deal? I'm like, she's crazy, wow, man, I mean, wow, man. And Joe says, well, I don't know about you fellas, but I had a good time last night. Well, there it is, folks. We met a witch in Bowling Green, Ohio. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in, listening. I can't thank everybody enough for all the patronage and everyone listening. Please listen, like, share, tell everybody about it. You can go to my website. It is hard to remember the 90s.com, or you can go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find it. If Everyone keeps asking me about the 90s, and I have to keep thinking about it. Well, it's getting a little bit easier to remember the 90s. Thanks again.